0: People in great relationships, they don't focus on problems, they focus on what's good about their relationship. And if something comes up a disagreement or an argument or usually a misunderstanding, they don't dwell on it, they don't focus on it. They they give it the minimum amount of attention that it needs to say, right, we had a misunderstanding here. Oh, I see what you meant. Now, okay, well, that's good. No hard feelings. I've learned from it.
1: Successful marriage requires falling in love many times, always with the same person. Welcome to another inspiring episode of Podcast with Sheila, the podcast that is spreading positivity around the world by sharing inspiring live experiences. Today's guest, Liam Naden, is a speaker, teacher, writer, and researcher. Apart from helping people use their brains the right way to create true success, Liam also helps couples save their marriage from divorce. He shares powerful ideas on how to heal our relationships, and today we are discussing all that and more. Hello, Liam, and welcome to Podcast with Sheila.
0: Hi, Sheila. Thank you very much for having me. It's uh, great to be here.
1: Well, before we get right into it, we'd like to say a very big thank you to all our listeners and everyone who's been watching the episode we say much love and appreciation if you've not yet subscribed we would urge you to subscribe now for more inspiring stories and informative episodes Um i believe we are all excited about today's topic so we'll go right into it without wasting much time but this is the second time we are hosting liam on this platform the first time was in episode 59 if you've not seen it go check it out we spoke about the brain and how to use the brain the right way to create success so make sure you check that out as well before this one, just so you get to know who is actually behind this episode today, because we're not going to be doing much of that. We're going straight into it, Liam. So welcome again, Liam, and let's go right into it. What is the true meaning of marriage? It looks like marriage means so many things to different people. But what, in your opinion, what is marriage?
0: Well, of course, for most of human history, marriage has really been more of a a political or legal entity, rather than a romantic one. Mm. Um, it was It's really been grown up as a way for two people to provide security and certainty and, of course, to raise, raise a family in a certain environment. So it's only really relatively recently that marriage has really become associated with romance and love. And I think part of the problem today that one, is, a, is a confusion over what a marriage actually is. And as you say, lots of people have different ideas about what a marriage is.
2: Yeah.
0: But essentially, the ideal of a marriage is two people who want to be sharing their lives with each other and um, uh, see, them, see a relationship with another person as a vehicle for them to, to have the happiest life possible. Wow. So it's not actually about sacrifice, it's not about struggle, it's not about working hard on your marriage. The idea of a marriage is it's a place that you don't have to work hard. Maybe it's the one place in your life that you shouldn't have to work hard because it's the place you retreat to, retreat to yeah. in safety and certainty and security with, with another person who loves you unconditionally for who you are. That's the ideal. Of course, we've many people have strayed away from that but that that to me is what the ideal is
1: do you think marriage is for everyone because sometimes you hear people say i don't think marriage is for me because i've gone into it too many times and i've come out do you think marriage is for everyone or is it's because we don't take our time to um, learn more about the person we are hoping to spend the rest of our lives with and then we happen to make the wrong choices and then it does we don't get to go on the journey we wish to go on with marriage. So then we we'll tend to say, marriage is not for me, because it never worked out for me.
0: Yeah, well, I think the problem is um, with most people or for whom a marriage doesn't work out, or for whom it's not really the happy experience <laughs> and the, the solution to their, their dream, if you like, yeah. that they expected it to be. The, the, the fundamental reason for that is people go into a relationship based on the wrong thing. And that wrong thing is fear. So people enter a relationship thinking, you know, usually subconsciously, of course, but they think they're thinking, I need to marry this person because there might be anyone else out there is good for me. Or I don't want to be on my own. I don't want to be alone or I'm getting old and I need to therefore have a family. And I or society expects us all to be married or in a relationship Mm. with someone else. But all of those reasons are based on fear. And that's what makes us do the wrong thing that's what makes people get into the wrong marriage and it's also what makes marriages go off the rails it's because when people start doing the wrong things in their marriage and sending it in the wrong direction it's all again based on a fear they're worried about their relationship they're worried about their marriage and the fact that it might not work out it might not turn out really fear is at the heart of everything when people so when people say I don't know if marriage is right for me. What they're really saying is, I'm afraid.
2: Hmm.
0: And that's hmm. the wrong, instead of going into a relationship or looking for a relationship to overcome your fear, what you need to do is you need to sort yourself out first yeah. and say, how can I get into a place where I'm not afraid of what a relationship or what a marriage might mean, where I can feel good about it and not be worried about it or worried about whether I choose the right person or whether it's going to work out or what other people are going to think or whether it's going to be as good as I want it to be. Get rid of all of those fears, and then you're going to go, and you are going to find the right person, and you are going to do the right things, and it is going to work out. And if it doesn't work out, if it turns out that it doesn't, then it doesn't work out. You know, It's not a question of having to, to sacrifice the rest of your life trying to, because you're afraid,
1: yeah.
0: Do carry on with something that really isn't right for you.
1: Yeah. So many times I've heard people say that, um, I think I enjoy both of us just coexisting without getting married proper because there's a fear that when people get married, their relationship don't tend to go the long haul. But rather when they just coexist, it works out better. Why is that? Well
0: again, I think there's a fear attached to this whole institution of marriage hmm. because what you're really referring to and I've many people that I've worked with because I've been a relationship and marriage coach for many years now. Yeah. And many people I've worked with, there seems to be a shift from before they're married and getting on really well. And then, yeah. then somehow yeah. when they get married, things change
2: yeah.
0: And what's really changed is their belief about what marriage means. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden they have in their mind, marriage means it's really serious. It's, you know, we, because the, other, the opposite of a marriage is divorce yeah. because if you're not married to somebody, and you're in a relationship with them, you know, you can, you can just leave each other. Yeah. There's not this big divorce stigma about
2: mm. it.
0: So again, it has this underlying fear that people have about when they enter a marriage that somehow things have changed, and it really shouldn't be that way. They should keep all of the feelings and all the attitudes and all of the, the lack of fear that they had yeah. before they got married. They should carry that forward into their marriage. And a lot of the work I do is actually helping couples and individuals who find their marriages going off track to say and identify what did we used to do Mm. when we first got together, Mm. before we got Mm. married, before we were worried about whether it was going to work out or not, or what people might think, or whether, you know, we might might have a divorce or what might happen to the children when they come along. What did we used to do? Because what we used to do was what made the relationship work. And that's, when you, find, when you remember what you used to do and you start doing those things again, that's when things start to heal. Things start to get back to the way they were, yeah. which is where you, you really wanted to be.
1: I think that um, that is 100 I, I agree with you on that point 100% because personally I've done it so many times. Because sometimes you get to a point and then you remind yourself, where did we start from? How did we get here? And any time you do that, you see things begin to reverse. It doesn't matter the the pressure you are in at the moment, but things begin to reverse and losing up a little bit. It makes you see the brighter side more because you had started from that end. And as for me, as you live through life in relationships, there will always be ups and downs. But any time you're starting a relationship, it looks all rosy, all good, all nice. And when we go back to that point, It helps, it reminds you of the good days and it gives you hope to know that there will always be good days at some point. You know, it's not always rosy, but once it goes down, it's definitely going to go up. So look up. And hope that things get better. And I've done it too many times. Like I keep doing that. Sometimes it gets still. Relationships get still. And I'm going to go there and ask what we can do to spice it up a little bit. But sometimes it gets still because work and everything gets in the way. And then you see that it's not the way you started when they were wearing children, when they weren't a lot of pressure. You had so much time to do things and know each other more and more. But uh, we'll get to go there. There's this lady I know, and we always celebrate her. We say. I think she's been married for 45 years or so. She'll be listening to this podcast. And then we tend to ask her because I'm in a women's group. So we ask her, how come you've been able to do it for this long? And then i think she said she had her first child they got married for five years or six years before she started having children if i'm right then other ladies will ask her what were you doing in all those six years then she'll say we were getting to know each other and then we'll laugh it off but then it looks like is the good thing they did because that she and her husband bonded within that year before the children came in so they became friends and it's difficult to to, you will definitely have grudges with your friend, your sisters, even sisters and siblings do have grudges. But then every time you still find a spot to mend it up. And that is what has kept her going, according to her. What can you say about that?
0: Well, it's interesting. I've got a new coaching program coming out called yeah. The Nine Habits of an Unstoppable Marriage. Mm. And what it really is, is what I've identified through all my years of um, working with people and research about the difference between a great relationship or marriage and the one that most people have, which is not great and might even end end in divorce. And it really comes down to nine habits. Mm. And I'm sure that the lady you're referring to who's been married 45 years, she probably, and her husband, probably have these nine habits. Mm -hmm. They're things that they do as a habit every day without even thinking about that most people simply don't do. And what those habits come down to, again, are things that they used to do. People used to do, but they've stopped doing it. Mm. And all you really need to do if you want to rebuild your marriage is, is think, well, what, what are these nine things that I used to do, that we used to do, that we've stopped doing, and start doing them again. And not to be a bit of a spoiler on the, on what the program is, but yeah. um, some of the little things you think about, what people did earlier in their relationship that, that they've stopped doing. One of the things is they spend is spending time together. Yeah. That lady who spent, you know, they spent six years getting to know each other. You should be spending the rest of your life getting to know your spouse, yeah. your husband or your wife, because they can be endlessly fascinating. You know, yeah. people say to me, "We've got nothing to talk about." What? We've got nothing to talk about? <laughs> is your life so boring?
2: Yeah.
0: And I say to them, "You know, life's not boring. You're boring." But yeah. you used to be interesting. You used to be interested. You used to want to find out. You used to ask their opinion about things.
2: Yeah.
0: And you can always find out new things about your husband or your wife. Yeah. And it can and and other little things like just smiling at them. You know. Sometimes yeah. I say to people, "When was the last time you smiled at your yeah. husband or your wife?" And like, they go, "Oh, I can't remember." Or shared a funny story. Yeah. You know, laughed together, saw the funny side in something. And people get so caught up with the pressures of life, as you say, that they forget these things, which are very basic. But that's the key to longevity, is to think these little things, putting our marriage first, making our relationship, um, setting aside time, not because we have to, but because we want to. You know, you make it a priority. You want to be with your husband or your wife. You don't fit them in after everything else. You put them first. That's what you used to do when you first got together. That's a habit. You can keep that habit going, the habit of laughing. You can keep that going, so that is the key to longevity. And I'm sure that lady would probably agree that um, it's not just getting to know know your spouse, but that it is creating that rock solid foundation. Obviously, yeah. but it's also continuing to do the things that that foundation is built on. And really, you know, one of the things I find a bit sad, mm-hmm. and and why I work, I'm so passionate about helping people with this, is because. We've all been brought up to believe that relationships are difficult that you yeah. have to work hard you have to work on them now who likes working on anything <laughs> it's, it's all people don't like working on yeah. stuff they just want to enjoy things yeah. and early on in a relationship you didn't work on it yeah. you didn't struggle with problems yeah. you didn't focus on all the things that were wrong with your husband or your wife yeah, yeah. you were just having a good time yeah and if someone said, are you working on that relationship? You go, what do you mean? I've only just met them. We're having fun. And we're not working on it. We're just enjoying it. That's the place you need to, and you can, create an environment where that is what your marriage is like. It's yeah. not something you work on. It's something you enjoy being there and doing. Exactly. And it's not work. Well,
1: I have always uh, said, well, I'm um, of the opinion that, you know, if you, if you get your marriage right or if you're able to pick the right partner, you have a successful life. If you get that wrong, you're going to struggle in life. It is one thing
0: I- that is Nothing has more of an impact on your happiness than the state of your marriage or your relationship. Because you can... It, it has... And people don't... We forget this. We think... Well, firstly, we might accept... Yes, you're right. Nothing has more of an impact on my happiness than my marriage. Well, if that's the case, why aren't you putting it first? Why aren't you spending all of your focus, or a lot of your focus, or making it your number one priority, to make that work, to do the things, to give it the time, give it the energy, the positive energy yeah. to make it work because everything else is going to flow from there. You know, it's not a question of, oh, well, I'll get my career sorted. Yeah. And this is what we tend to do. Yeah. I'll get my career sorted. I'll get the finances sorted. I'll get the children going through the schools yeah. and then I'll come back to my marriage. Well, by then it's, it's too late. You, you actually keep need to keep this as the central core of your life really. And everything else will work out a lot better.
1: I think this bit that you just said, my husband has said it to me before. He said, the children are going to go away. It's just going to be the two of us. We better build it now. Before the because sometimes you tend as mothers, you tend to put all the attention on the children when the children come in. It's like we give about 80% of the attention to the children and 20% to our husbands. And he was saying he was telling me it's not supposed to be like that. Rather, it has to be the reverse. We know the children are there, we provide for them, we give, we cater for their needs and all, but it shouldn't be 80% that much on them, and rather 20% on working the relationship up. And I think I agree with you when you look at it in that side knowing that they have a life from here like they'll grow up and will also move out and then it will just be the two yep. of you at that point if you've not built a relationship from scratch you know till now you'll be living like strangers there'll be no friendship like is nothing to talk about because you don't you've not spent time in a long while to have anything to reflect on only everybody living in You know isolation kind of and there is no relationship at that point so it makes it difficult but if you build every day make an effort to build it build it build it in the end you see there is a lot to reflect on and you would have built a stronger bond and even when the children are not there you have each other so i totally agree with you on that but another point i want to ask is you know because we had said that marriage if you get it wrong is going to affect your life going forward what are some of the things people should look out for before committing to a marriage. People should look out for in a partner.
0: I think the most important thing to look out for is not really what's in your partner, it's mm. what's in you. Okay. And ask yourself, why am I really getting into this marriage? Okay. Why do I really want to, to sign on the dotted line, as it were? Mm. And if, if it's based on a fear, then that should be a red flag to you. Maybe this isn't, you know, if you think all of the things I talked about before, you know, well, I might not find someone else's good. You know, people say things like, well, you know, they're, they're 80% there, they're, and we have all our problems, And yeah. but everybody knows no marriage is perfect, yeah. and we can fix those things. We yeah. can work all of those things. Yeah. Now, all of those things are just justifications to to you trying to overcome your fear that you need to get married to this person because you have a fear that if you don't, something bad will happen to you. Like you might not meet another person. You yeah. might, you know, if this is person's 80%, you might not meet anybody who's um, more than a 40%. Yeah. Or you might think, I'll, I'll regret it later in, in, later in my life that I didn't marry this person. Or, you know, Oh, my friends, you know, we've been together a while and all my friends and family all think that I'm a failure or I'll think yeah. I'm a failure yeah. because I couldn't make this relationship work. Yeah. So you really need to ask yourself, what what is it, am I, is it based on fear? Mm. Is that the reason that I'm wanting to enter this relationship? Because if it is, it's a very a big warning sign that maybe you shouldn't do it. And. So it's not about looking at your partner. It's not about saying, well, what about them? Can I change? What do I like? And doing it all logically. You've got to say to yourself, does this feel right? And if it doesn't feel quite right, it's because you have some underlying fears that you haven't resolved. And that's what you need to do. Because, you know, one of the things I've noticed about great marriages, and I talked about this program about the nine habits, but one of the differences between people in a great marriage and people in an average or an unhappy marriage because the people in a great marriage have no fear about their relationship, so they're there because they want to be. They're not there. They're not worried about whether it might end or whatever. They just they're just enjoying being there, and they have the belief: okay, I'm here because I want to be. Now, if sometime in the future it doesn't work out, or we drift drift apart, or something happens and we're not, and it feels like we're not supposed to be together. Well, that's okay. We'll just, we will have had a good time and then I can go and find someone else. I'll know that that was a part of my life and I'll be able to go and find someone else and I'll be fine. Now, that doesn't mean people aren't committed. It's the opposite. People are more committed because they're being themselves. They're not afraid to be themselves. They're not afraid to be open with their husband or their wife. Mm -hmm. And they're more, and and things work out a lot better. It also doesn't mean people with the the slightest hint of some trouble, they they take off and say, oh, I, I give up doesn't mean that at all yeah. but it does mean that that people don't have a fear attached to whether that's going to work or not and and the, that's that's one of the keys to a great relationship is not to have fear but to do that you, you have to go into it without fear to start with mm. you can't think well I've got, I'm afraid about what might happen but I'll if I work hard enough I'll fix it yeah. life doesn't work like that
2: mm.
0: and that and I've met people I've worked with people have been Trying to solve their marriage problems for 30 years and keep thinking, you know, we can fix this. I know it's hard, but it's supposed to be hard. Mm. And they never really get anywhere. And they, they really have a quite an unfulfilled life. And it's tragic. It shouldn't be like that. Yeah.
1: Wow. Let's talk about the nine. Is it the nine habits to a successful marriage? Can we talk? We can't talk about all nine. We can't marriage. talk about Yeah, to unstoppable marriage.
0: Well, some of them are, and as I say, I've got a coaching program coming out that goes into detail about what they are and how to apply them to your life. Most of them are fairly straightforward. But a couple I've already mentioned, one is putting your marriage first. And that's probably the most one of the most important habits. And again, these, as I say, these are habits, not that I've come up with as ideas and thought, oh, this is a good idea. And maybe Mm. people should do that. It's by observing people who've got really good strong marriages what they're doing what they're doing that's a habit that other people aren't doing and I guarantee most people who are having marriage problems they're not putting their marriage first okay. they're not saying we need to spend quality time together and one of the other habits like uh, another really powerful one I could mention is to do with this concept that whatever you focus on you're going to get more of and that is so true so when you think about your marriage, people listening should ask themselves, what am I focused on in my marriage? Am I focused on the problems? Do we have problems and miscommunication and maybe lack of intimacy or, you know, stress? Am I trying to fix those problems? In other words, am I focused on those problems? Because whatever you focus on, you get more of. And this is part of the problem with counseling therapy for many people. And I talked to a lot of people who, for whom it's just, ne- it hasn't helped them yeah. doing counseling and therapy because it's a focus on the problems. It's like, what are the problems in your relationship? Right. How do we fix them?
2: Yeah.
0: And you can't do it that way because you just keep getting more problems. If yeah. you're focused on problems, whatever you focus on, you're going to get more of. Okay. But people in great relationships, they don't focus on problems. They focus on what's good about their relationship. And if something comes up, a disagreement or an argument or a lit- usually a misunderstanding, they don't dwell on it. They don't focus on it. They, they give it the minimum amount of t- attention that it needs to say, right, we had a misunderstanding here. Oh, I see what you meant. Now. Okay. Well, that's good. No hard feelings. I've learned from it. You've learned from it. Let's move on. Let's get back to what we're here for, yeah. which is to have a good time. Yeah. So that's yeah. one of the most important things to remember is whatever you focus on, you get more of, And although you're going to be very tempted to say, I need to fix. you know how can you say that i need to fix this problem this is a problem here but and and people say if i can just fix this problem then everything will be great yeah but that's not the way it works you don't actually fix a problem by focusing on it you fix a problem by focusing on the solution on the opposite of the problem wow you know if you have a problem with lack of communication then what you need to do is create an environment (laughs) where you want to communicate you don't need to learn some fancy technique about how to Get your husband or wife to to listen to you. Mm-hmm. You have to. You, all you have to do is get them to want to listen to you. That's what they did when you first met them. Yeah. yeah. You know they wanted. If you said something, they wanted to find out what was that. Oh, what do you think? You know they ask you that. All those sorts of things. And so that's just another example of of what you get. What you focus on is what you get. If you if you if you are committed to understanding your spouse and creating great communication. and and creating an environment where they would want to communicate with you, then you're going to create great communication. You're not going to create it when you're focused on the fact that you don't have good communication. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I think by this, we've been able to talk about how to prevent divorce from coming into play. Is it? Because if you're able to do all of these, then you're going to um, deal with divorce. Or is there anything else we can talk about with regards to problems that can lead to divorce?
0: You know most of my work is actually helping people and i have coaching programs about how to stop a divorce and yeah. how to save your marriage and most of the people who come to me and who do those coaching programs they're in quite a dis- they're in a situation where their husband or their wife has actually told them that they want a divorce That the person who that i'm working with doesn't want to want a divorce they don't want it to happen they don't want their marriage to end yeah. so the most important concept to realize and as I say, i've got lots of coaching about this and how to actually do this The most important thing to realize is the most basic thing to realize of all that people seem to have overlooked which is there's only one reason your husband or wife wants a divorce and that is they don't feel good around you yeah that's it so what you have to focus on is doing things and being the sort of person that they would want to be around yeah so for instance a good example is would you like to be around somebody? Would you like to be in a marriage with somebody who's always complaining, who's always criticizing, who's begging you to stay, who's not listening to what you're saying to them? So in other words, if you went to your husband or wife and said, I want a divorce, and they brushed you aside and said, no, I don't agree with you. I, I'll never agree to her. I'm going to fight for our marriage. I'm, you know, I'm going to work on, I'm going to save our marriage. Yeah. What are you really saying? You're saying to them, I'm not listening to you. I don't care what you want. You've told me you want a divorce, but I don't care about what you want. I only want what I want. Would you want to be in a marriage with somebody who only wanted what you what they wanted and didn't care about your feelings or mm-hmm. your thoughts, or got upset at you when, when you told them how you felt? You wouldn't want to be there. But that's all the things that people do when, when they're having trouble. And they, they say, let's rush off to counseling or let's work on our mm-hmm. marriage. And the other person's saying, I don't want to do any of those things because none of those make me feel good. If I've got the choice of being in a relationship with you that's full of focusing on problems, trying to sort out problems, not being listened to, not being acknowledged, having, um, trying to get my my mind changed, mm-hmm. if you like, not being agreed with, not being respected, yeah. why would I want to be in a relationship like that? Yeah. So it's actually quite simple. It's, it's not easy, of course, and there's, yeah. a, there's a, takes time and it takes a bit of a strategy to actually do it but you need to think I need the whatever it takes and whatever it is I need to get my husband or, or my wife feeling that being with me is good yeah and is better than being yeah. anywhere else yeah and when you do that they're not going to leave you they're not going to ever want to leave you and even if they have left you they're going to come want to come back yeah wow. so That's the bottom line to it. And and of course, that's not just for people facing divorce. That's everybody. You need to keep thinking, how can I make, how can I be? And this isn't about, you know, making yourself secondary at all. You can't do that. But how can I make my spouse, my husband or wife feel good? And surely that's one of the things we want to do in a marriage. If we love the person, we want them to feel good. We want to know what makes them happy and how we can help contribute to that pretty basic and, and when you look at it from the a zoomed out perspective
1: isn't yeah, it really yeah 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 well wow. i really like the way the conversation is going but for the sake of time we may not be able to go any further but i'd like to say if anybody has questions you can leave them in the comment section below again with liam to see if we can if it's possible to do a part two of this marriage because i know the topic marriage has is broad isn't it and we can never be able to cover it all, um, especially when people have questions to personal issues they would wish that we discuss. So if you have any such questions, just leave it in the comment section below. We'll see what we can do, if we can bring Liam back, if he has time or if he can respond to you directly. Whatever it is, I'm going to be leaving his contact details um, in the description box as well so you can um, reach out um, personally to him as well but would like to say a massive thank you liam for your time on podcast with sheila the second time we really really appreciate it
0: thank you sheila it's been a pleasure thank you for having
1: me great been listening in this is season two episode 68 of our podcast series where we bring you seasoned guests with inspiring new life stories um to share with us do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. You can also get in touch with Liam, like I said, if you have concerns and needs for for clarification. His contact details will be in the description box below. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just set cast with Sheila on YouTube and you would find us. Our prayer for you this week is that love and peace will abound in your homes. May the Lord repair all broken relationships. Until we meet again, have a...